When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today is Sunday, December 3rd, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 548 features Barstool Sports Greeny, Dan Greenberg. And I'm Evan Valenti, and today's show is powered by FanDuel and Factor Meals. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. New customers receive $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. And head to FactorMeals.com slash Celtics50 and use code Celtics50 to get 50% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. New edition of Celtics Beat here on a Sunday. Great to have you with us. It's me, Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti. We're always here. Dan Greenberg, Greeny, Barstool Greeny. You know him as many different things, but generally green is a part of it, which is only fitting. It's like he was born to be a Celtics fan. Greeny, how are you, bud? I'm doing well. I mean, listen, 15 and 4. I think that's that's where we're probably going to start today. So as long as that's their record, I'm feeling great. Yeah, things are well. Obviously, they had uh, a little, I hesitate to even call it a slide. I mean, it's hard to be 15 and four and say you, you're really skidded, but you know, there, there, there was the stretch where they lost two out of three, one of those in overtime, uh, one a narrow win, the other one, uh, you might call it a blowout in Orlando. For some reason, the Magic have had their number for a couple of years, but since then, three straight wins, beat the Hawks, beat the Bulls, beat the Sixers, most recently when Philadelphia totally mailed it in, just decided to not play anybody. Back on Friday night, Joel Embiid sat, Maxi sat, pretty much everybody sat, and the Celtics went out and did their business. But of course, the talk of the town Maybe. Well, probably not. I think the talk of the town, if you're watching the video, the talk of the town is how awesome my sweatshirt is, but how terrible the team it represents is <laughs> the New England Patriots. Uh, that That's what people are obsessed with in this moment as they inch closer to the number one overall pick. I was in the, the stadium for that one earlier today as we record on a Sunday, and uh, it was just an exhilarating 6 nothing loss. As, as exciting as a 6 nothing defeat to the Chargers could possibly have been in chasing the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft, that's what it was. The Celtics polar opposites this one they have their eyes set on not one but two banners greeny because next up is the in-season tournament it is uh this is i feel like we're still at a point i mean we were talking before we even came on just making sure really me making sure i had all of my facts straight because there are a lot of people be it fans media players coaches there are a lot of people still trying to make sure they fully understand and grasp all that is involved in this thing. And, and there are 
it's not perfect. There are certainly some some issues with it. The name being right at the top of the list, in-season tournament, is just dumb. They need to figure that out in the years to come, assuming this thing sticks around. But, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here. The next game is it's Monday. Maybe you're listening to this Monday morning. That would be tonight. Little inception for you. So this next game is against Indiana here. And uh, the in-season tournament, we're, we're in the quarterfinal round. Okay. So on one side of the bracket, on the east side of the bracket, you've got the Celtics against the Pacers. On the other side, you have the Bucks against the Knicks. So if the Celtics do win, and I was able to buy a, we'll, we'll talk about our, our fine sponsor in a little while. I did buy a ticket at plus 3,400 on the Celtics to win the in-season tournament just, uh, last week before they had clinched their spot, obviously, to where they are now, where they went out and won their group. And I want to talk about that blowout win of the Bulls. On the other side, your other four teams, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Suns, and the Lakers. And I think it's so fitting because I don't know if Evan has ever paid attention to this or remembers this. But for some reason, any time I have ever talked about the in-season tournament and how little it means to me personally as a basketball fan, the crack that I have always made is, you know, maybe the Kings will end up raising a banner when they win the in-season tournament. And that was like months ago when they announced the thing. And every time since, it's always been Sacramento. So it's fitting that Sacramento is at this point. Maybe it was foreshadowing and the Kings will win. But before we dive into the nitty-gritty of this, and I will stop my ramble, I'm curious, Greeny, are you into it? Are you excited about this thing? Here's the thing. I'm probably the worst person to ask that question to because... I care about the summer league tournament and the summer league championship <laughs> and the summer league playoffs. So for me, like I'm already in, I already care about these early November games. So I, yes, I'm in on the in season tournament just because why wouldn't I be there? It hasn't given me a reason not to be in on it. Um, but like I said, like I can, I watch every dribble of games that really don't count. And really don't matter. So uh, I'm a little biased in that regard. But I do think it is it is exciting just because it's another thing to go out and win. And no matter when this team plays, I want them to play well and I want them to win. And so if they lose, it, it's like, yes, it'll be a bummer that they blew a chance at the inaugural NBA Cup or whatever we want to call it. But I'll be it's more mad that season tournament. Yeah, I'll be more mad, though, of what it means for their regular season record and the fact that they lost to the Pacers. So my brain is still like, I care about these in-season tournament games because they count for the regular season record, not so much of what it means like, wow, I really want to make it and win the whole thing. I just don't want the Celtics to lose whenever they play, even if it has extra stakes or not. Yep. Buffman, Tuesday night last week was electric, and I know you're you're kind of like neck deep in football, so maybe it's hard for you to enjoy the whole spectacle of it. But like Tuesday night was a really important night in the NBA, and you had your eyes on a couple different games all at the same time. Between you know the Celtics taking on the Bulls, you had the Knicks. Sure. Uh, they were they were it, it, for wild card differential purposes. That yeah. game was very important to Boston. You had the Nets, Raptors, win, but only by a certain amount. Right. You had the Raptors and the Nets was like down to the wire until Royce O'Neal hit a big three in the left corner to to kind of put the Raptors away. Then you had to tune into Miami and the Bucks to figure out if you were going to host a game or if the or if the Bucks were going to host the Knicks. Like it was it was a pretty electric night, and I thought it was kind of fun to bounce around a little bit after Boston had to secure a huge blowout win. To, to move on. I thought it was really, really fun. And I think now that we know like 
the point differential thing is going to be a real big, you know, factor going forward. I think it just kind of caught up with everybody the last couple of games. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, this thing matters. By the way, if it, if there's any tiebreakers and there's a three way tie, you have to be mindful of the point differential. Um, I think it'll be more fun next year, but it was, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great night of television. I watched basketball from seven until like midnight when I fell asleep. It was great. So anyone that listens to the show, this will not surprise you. I'm going to right now talk out of both sides of my mouth as it relates specifically <laughs> to Tuesday night and that Bulls win. On the one hand, and I, I genuinely feel like I, I don't just come on here and say things I, I don't feel. You may disagree with what I say, but it is how I feel. I, I mutually, and I don't even know which one wins out, but I mutually feel two things about what happened Tuesday night pertaining specifically to the Celtics. Forget everybody else. On the one hand, I think going out and doing what they did to the Chicago Bulls, meaning you have to win by a certain number of points. It was a a blowout. They shellacked them. They had to win by at least what, like 22, 23 points. They go out, they win 124 to 97. They took care of business. They did their job. They won group play, which, by the way, I had plus 1,000 odds on that. So that was exciting. But, but, you know, they, they go out. And they do what they have to do to the point where, you know, it's hack a Drummond. It's, you know, they're up by a million. This is normally in a, a game where this type of thing doesn't matter. Starters are on the bench, but, oh, wait, we have an eye on point differential. So, you know, Horford's checking back in. Tatum's checking back in. Brown's checking back in because we can leave no doubt. We got to put this thing away. On the one side, I think it was completely and utterly embarrassing for the sport of basketball. I think it was terrible. I think it was awful. I think it was bad for the consumer. I think it was it, it was just it was it was not what Adam Silver really wants in his heart of hearts. I believe that. Now the flip side of that, I think, and Joe Mazzula has talked about this. I think the fact that the Celtics in not so much this year, but in recent years, obviously have had such issues closing games. He came out, he talked about the fact that this You know, that was a game where it was just kind of a lesson to us about the importance of closing games, how what we need to do to close games, how we can close games, how we can be unified and work together. I'm not out here to make friends with other coaches, blah, 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 blah. I think internally what it meant for them just as a reminder of like, hey, let's play four quarters. Let's be great. Let's be us. Let's this is who we need to be down the line. This is, you know, we need to step on teams throats. We need to put them away. This is going to maybe help us when it comes to the playoffs and sort of reminding us of, of these little moments of, yeah, like you can, you can still step on the gas. You can't coast. You can't get comfortable. You can't get games slip away. I think that is valuable. I think that's interesting. I think you, again, you can take lessons from that inside that locker room and even Joe as a coach. So while I don't think it was good for the brand, I don't think it was good for the game, the sport. I think for this team, there were some benefits from it. I have some reservations with that. And I, and I've heard, and you're not the first person to say that you've heard a lot of that, especially because of, you know, the Celtics one and everyone was riding that high, but I just you know, when you say that, you're envisioning a potential playoff series, right, where they need to close a game and they need to have that focus. I just really struggle to imagine a world where they're in a playoff series against the Bucks and they have to close a game and they go, you know what, guys? Let's think back to that Bulls game that we closed out. You know, let's you know, forget everything that's going on. Let's just think back to that one random game in late November or in early December when we really figured it out. So I think that's 
a little like, you know, wishful thinking. Sure. At the same time, I do, because, you know, look at what happened the very next night against the Sixers. They did not play focused or, you know, consistent or bring the right defensive energy. I mean, they gave up 72 points in the first half to a team without the Sixers' two best players. So I think every game they play will be their own microcosm of that test of have you learned your lesson? I don't think we learn that because they, you know, play to their point differential. At the same time, I'd love to see that Joe is such a psycho about it. Like, I love to see that they care because it shows that they can take something seriously, even if it's only a early, early season, t- uh, season tournament game, right? Like, I'm not going to say that's going to have them prepared in May, but it was good to see that they can focus in early December, if that makes sense, right? Because the regular season is a grind. There are going to be times like they, they've played some pretty gross basketball for like two weeks, right? They just happen to be winning these games. So it was good to see that they can focus and, and check off a box that they needed to. But I'm not ready to say, okay, if they're in a five-point game in the Eastern Conference Finals in game seven, that, you know, because they got it done in the in-season tournament group stage game, they're going to be fine. In that situation, that's a whole separate can of worms still for me. No, nah, that's that's it's, but it is encouraging though. They've been able to win some games that I feel like they may they might not have won last year, and they've done it, you know, recently without you know either you know, Porzingis being in the lineup or Drew Holiday on the lineup or Tatum feeling sick, and you know it's been a little bit of has been a hundred percent health for the last couple of weeks. So it's and like. I think over the past couple of weeks, their resilience has been really impressive in the way that their bench has kind of come alive. Like Payne Pritchard lately has come alive. Al Horford, I can't believe we've gone 20 minutes in this episode and we haven't talked about how awesome Al Horford's looked the past couple of weeks. Uh, Derek White is now the new plus minus leader in the NBA for, in, you know, the, for the pro Derek White club. You should start Derek White at point guard club. Uh, we're doing really well right now. Uh, life's, life's going well. Uh, but it's been, again, it hasn't been easy for them. Like that Philly game was just the last five minutes was what the hell was that? But at the same time, you know, it it feels like maybe past Celtic teams will let, will let that slip away. I think um, whether it's been an in-season tournament game or not, Greeny, I feel like we've learned a little bit more about how this team handles composure, like when it needs to be composed, how it handles itself. And, again, we have a long way to go to feel way more comfortable with that. But at the same time, I'm going to allow myself to feel slightly better of how they're finishing things because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's like Derek White's dad all the time. It's like, hey, wins are wins. Like, let's – you know, get those. Those are important. Don't discount the significance of winning basketball. It's huge. And I think it's really important to remember probably why you feel that way, right? Because this time last year, remember, we were right in the midst of this, you know, nine-game winning streak. They were getting off to that 21-5 and five start, but they were shooting like 95% from three, right? <laughs> like you knew, like, okay, as awesome as this is, they are going to come back down to earth. And we were still like, can we trust this team, right? It was that if they don't make 40% of their threes, it's an automatic loss. This year in their 15-4 and start, there have been a couple games where they're shooting under 30%. You feel more confident now because they have a legitimate defensive backbone that has been there since opening night, which last year, if you remember, they were getting used to not having Rob. They were giving up 120 points every night, it seemed like. So even though they were 21-5, and it was masked by their – insane outside shooting this year they're more diversified their post numbers are way up their defense is way up and their offense has struggled it's been middle of the pack 
for two weeks. So I think that's maybe why you think like, hey, I want to maybe buy into this because they're giving you more of a reason to have a, a more sustainable brand of basketball and not just, hey, we made 25 threes and shot 50%. Like, no kidding, we were going to win that game. Now they've had to find out ways to gut out games where they're shooting 28% and you need to lock in and get stops. They've gotten the stops outside of, you know, like the Minnesota game or the Orlando loss. Like that Orlando loss was their only loss by double digits and we're a quarter of the way through the season. That's pretty good. Well, you just said it. Quarter of the way through the year, basically 15 and four. Obviously, this in season tournament that we will talk more about and sort of not so much what's at stake, but what the schedule looks like and, and what you need to know for this thing, because I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that still don't fully. Uh, understand all of of what the next uh, you know week and change looks like at this point in time, and we could be talking about an in season championship, in season tournament championship uh, this time next week when we have another show. But uh, we got a large enough sample size here, Greeny, where I, I think you can just look at it and say, or or not definitively one way or the other, but at least have an opinion about whether or not this team is better. Than what we've seen in recent years doesn't mean ultimately it's going to win a championship obviously it's built to win one we believe it stays healthy it, it has as much ability as anybody else you know short of maybe the nuggets to win one but it is a, a different mix a different collection we've talked about it ad nauseum between smart the williams brogdon you know key guys last year that are gone key guys uh, longer term that have been part of the core, obviously in the case of really everyone other than Brogdon. And you bring in Porzingis and Holiday, both of whom have been very strong, generally speaking. And, you know, obviously the Tatum in particular continues to take another step, if not on the floor as a leader. Brown, I think, is still kind of, there's some inconsistency in his game this year that he's still sort of navigating and finding his way. We talked a lot about that in last week's show. Do you feel like this group in terms of its offensive and defensive mix year two of Joe, as, as he is obviously more comfortable in his own skin and as a head coach and, and everyone around him and, and leading all of these players, is this just a better team than what we've seen the last couple of years, despite a couple of years ago, reaching the finals? I still think it's, I mean, this team is now, again, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. They've graduated into the, if you're going to talk about better or worse, you can only prove that in the spring. Because that's their baseline for me, right? Like, they can't just make the finals. They have to win the finals. So I think when you – if you're saying, are they better or not, why, who knows? If they lose in the first round or second round, no. I think what you can say is in in the quarter of games that we've seen, they're more balanced, right? The things that we thought would be really devastating have turned out to be really devastating, right? Like, Porzingis and what he's meant on both ends of the floor is every bit – as advertised. Drew, the way he's come in in his role and been that defensive sort of, you know, you know, linchpin has been better than advertised. The offense hasn't, but again, they haven't really needed that up until this point. I think Joe has been better in a lot of the things that he struggled with last year. They seem more prepared and, and like they get it, but we were saying that last year in the 21 and five start. So the big questions, well, we won't know until the spring. But I think what we're seeing is just a more sustainable brand of basketball. If you want to call that better, I'm not going to stop you. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. But I just think we need to see what happens when they go through their first stretch of losing three and five or, you know, if, you know, five and seven, whatever that's going to be. 
because no 82 game season is all roses, right? It wasn't, you know, it was this time last year, they lost to the Warriors. That was the big game on the schedule. And then they went into that skid, you know, after that hot start. So hopefully this team doesn't do it. But what we've seen, like when Porzingis is on the floor, their starting five net rating is like plus 50. Like they're just absolutely demolishing teams. That I think you can say has been better, but it is only, you know, 19 games into the season. Yeah, it's exciting. I I, I just, I think we're allowed to be, and again, this is where like the discourse on, on the internet has been really unbelievably toxic this year. It's just, you know, they lose one game, everybody freaks out. But I think this year, it fe- certainly feels different. The defensive stuff is the big thing, though. Because, again, last year, th- it felt like they were just like, hey, we don't need to worry about defense because we're going to score 100 million points every game. So who cares about defense because we're, we're just a buzzsaw right now. This team is more reliant and more comfortable on defense. And I think that's a big part of, like, having Drew Holiday here um, and, and him being, like, his best Drew Holiday self. Like, it's so much fun to watch him play defense. And he just like roams around and just causes chaos, very similar to smart, but a little bit differently. And it seems like this team is still learning how to adapt to that and how to, how to, you know, as he moves, how to shift the defense so he, we can cover where he was. It's really, really kind of fun. This team feels a little more sophisticated, I think. And, and again, it's the post ups. It's the way they attack in transition. Um, you know, their defense is a little bit different. It, it feels like, you know, Peyton Pritchard and Sam Hauser have added a little something different. It's like, again, it feels, a little more fine-tuned, a little more sophisticated this year. And, and again, I, I, that's why, you know, as before we started recording the show, we're just bummed that they haven't played in a while. You know, they went from, like, Tuesday to Friday, and now we have to wait till Monday. Like, this is garbage. I just want to watch this team play more because they're just – it's fun to watch them grow together right now. But I also – it has to be said, if the Celtics get this version of Jalen Brown in a playoff series, they're not going to win the title. If they get the version of Jason Tatum that we've seen over the last – you know, seven or eight games, they're not going to win the title. Like the encouraging part is they're 15 and four with their two best players, not really playing up to each of their perspective potential. The downside is, is maybe they won't. So if they don't, you're still going to run into the same issues that have plagued them in previous playoff runs, right? Like in the losses that we've seen when, when Jalen has struggled, and Tatum maybe has high turnovers or, or doesn't, you know, live up to his top five billing. It doesn't really matter who the number third scoring option is, what assistant coaches they brought in. It still comes down to Tatum and Brown. And through 19 games, I would not say that we've had an NBA title caliber Tatum and Brown to start the season. So what do you attribute that to? Because, I mean, you just said the last seven, eight games for Tatum. That's basically half the season. And Brown, <laughs> I feel like, has been inconsistent all the way throughout. There have obviously been some great games. There have been some really, really bad ones, too. So, you know, what uh, what ultimately is, is causing that at this point? It's weird. Because with Tatum, he still does so much, right? Like, he's, he's still going to, you know, make an impact. His problem has just been turning the ball over. He has 17 turnovers in three games. So for me, I just think that's just t- him just not playing brain dead basketball. Like just taking, like, just be conscious of what you're doing. He's throwing these lazy passes. He's dribbling off his foot. It's like things that you just don't, and you know, you don't pair with Jason Tatum. With Jalen, it's a little bit different, right? You're still, you're still seeing some of the decision-making mistakes that get him into trouble. His biggest thing has just been his efficiency. His true shooting percentage is the worst of his career. 
So you want to hope that that's just making shots and, you know, every guy goes through ups and downs. We've seen on this very roster, guys go from shooting in the 20s to start the year to now being, you know, what you would expect. So, you know, part of me, I think, is him maybe forcing it offensively to try to, you know, not have those down shooting nights. I think defensively he's been fine. His passing has been better, but he can't have the worst true shooting percentage of his career if the Celtics are going to win the NBA title. That's just, you know, he's too important of a player. And you got to just hope that, you know, one of two of these games in a row, he starts catching a rhythm and then that, you know, takes care of itself. But, you know, he can't, I think it's like, if you were to look it up, I think it's like 51% or something. It's like, it's nowhere close to where it needs to be. So um, for him, it's just shooting the basketball. Yeah, I'm looking up his true shooting percentage right now, and I can't. I'm. Uh, I'm, the- I'm going to guess it's like 51 and a half, and that yeah. might even be high. I'm in the middle of it loading right now, so and it's like not really cooperating with me. But I, it's it's been um, you know interesting to watch how Jalen tries to you know blend into this team because it feels like a lot of this makes sense, but yet they're still not hitting on all cylinders yet. The, in which, uh, sorry to cut you off. I, I yeah. mean, is is it different from site to site? Because I'm looking at. ESPN and true shooting percentage for we're talking about Tatum, right? No, bro. no, Jalen. Jalen, oh, oh, yeah, Jalen's is the lowest of his career. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I'll, I'll I'll pull it up and I'll tell you. I was going to say Brown is is or uh, Tatum rather is, is like the. I highest. bet you he went. I bet you Jalen dropped. I'm going to do this totally blind. I yeah. bet you he dropped from like I have in front of me. What do you got? Right, I'm going to say sixty-two point seven to fifty-one and a half. Last year to this year? Yeah. No, last year fifty-eight point one. Uh, which was basically a career high. I mean, he'd been 58 point something a couple of times, yeah. 58.1. This year he's 53.9. Okay. So I was, I was thinking it was a little bit, well, I know Drew, you, you were thinking it was more drastic, but it's still a drop yeah. off and it's still, I mean, he is right now sitting. Yeah. It's, it's literally the worst of his career tied yeah. with what it was as a rookie. And he wasn't the, only, I think Drew for like up until last week was at 47.7%, which was like the third or fourth lowest for him. But he started to make his jumpers these last three games. I bet you he's probably now over 50%. So guys can come back from it. But the yeah, biggest thing is, is, if, is if you you track it back, like Jalen's been shooting like this since the Miami series, right? Like after he got through Philly, he's been in this like low 40s to mid to low 30s from three. And that's just – Given his role and the amount of shots he takes, it just has to be better. That's just – and if I bet you if you were to break down his shot attempts, I bet you he's struggling more at the rim than he is – I bet you there's been a bigger drop-off from his percentage at the rim than there has been from three. I think That's the weirdest part. He just has not been finishing at the rim anywhere close to what we would come to expect. Yeah, I mean, it's just I'm, I'm looking at his game log, and obviously, again, we're only a quarter of the way through the year, and it's all over the map. And you got a few, you know, good games in there, and and I don't know where you draw the line. Let's just say forty percent is is a cutoff. You know, he is. Well, big- I don't know. I mean, he shot forty. He shot eight of twenty last uh, on Friday, and I wouldn't consider that a a good shooting. I think. Well, I, no, I was looking at just three point percentage. Oh, okay. Oh, three point percentage. Yeah, I would obviously consider forty. The you know, it, and he is he's only been above that three times the whole season. 
You know, yeah, I would say if, if Jalen's living in like the thirty-seven to thirty-nine, that given his volume, that's probably right now. Well, right now he's thirty-one. Yeah, I mean, he's nowhere close. Like that's that's what I'm saying. It's like the it took a while, right, for Pritchard, Hauser, and Horford to snap out of their funk. Yeah, I think Holiday, given his last two or three, you're starting to see him consistently, you know, knock down his open threes after his brutal start. I mean, he was under what Marcus Smart used to shoot which was bananas to watch. So you got to hope that the same is going to come from Jalen, just trust his body of work. But in the meantime, if Porzingis is going to be out, he can't be shooting 40% from the floor. That's just, that's the nature. And that to me has nothing to do with his contract. It's just how the Celtics are going to be successful. He can't be doing that. So that's what I care about. But, well, the, here's the, just a, a double down on how weird <laughs> the last couple of games have been and, Again, it's impressive that the Celtics are still winning. Grandy had the the best tweet the other day about the plus minus for the Tatum minutes versus the non Tatum. Yeah. He goes uh, in the last nine games, Jason Tatum is last on the Celtics in plus minus, which is insane Crazy. because he's like captain plus minus. He's like it, J- Jason Tatum plus four dudes equals a good plus plus minus. It's like a, yeah. the biggest question we've talked about this. I can't. I, this has been two and a half years of talking about this. The non-Tatum minutes are the ones that they have to figure out how to make work. But in the past nine games, Tatum's last the team in plus minus, plus 58 with Tatum off the court, minus 17 with Tatum on, a reversal of every trend in the seven NBA years. And the Celtics have still won seven of those nine games. That's, again, you talk about building habits and building characteristics. That's huge. How do, how do, you know, can this team find the identity to, to win the non-Tatum minutes? It's, again, that's Pritchard playing a lot better. It's Al Horford playing a lot better. That's Derek White playing more. I mean, this is, that's really impressive stuff because that's, if they, they can't be like the Denver, the Denver Nuggets and go, yeah, who cares for the non-Jokic minutes because we just kill everybody in the Jokic minutes and he's better than everybody else. They don't have Nikola Jokic. Like, it's just not going to work. They have to, they have to find ways to, to be successful with Tatum off the floor. And That's they, what I mean, right? But like, if Jalen has a 53% true shooting percentage yeah. in a playoff series, and Jason Tatum is a minus 38 in a play, in a nine-game playoff series, you're not winning that playoff series. So that's why it's it's really – it's, like, amazing that they're 15-4. and four, And so you don't want to call them a fraud because, you know, you look at their point differential, their net rating. It's all – you know, it has the, the resume of a contender. But – it's also true that their two best players are playing well below the expectation that both are going to have to reach if they want to win a title. Well, Ev, if there's uh, one thing I know, it, well, I, I think I know, there's there's no stat for uh, true betting percentage. If there was, mine probably would not be as high as I would like it to be. But much like Jalen with The Rock, I keep on trying, man. So uh, let's shout out our fine sponsors from FanDuel. <laughs> that was the best leading of all time, Kaufman. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and the main sponsor of the show. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, you can just bet the money line. If the team you pick to win wins, you get $150 in bonus bets that you can use to bet on a whole bunch of things, including as Patriots fans are now – uh, slightly more curious about today than they were yesterday. Uh, the number one overall pick in the draft, Caleb Williams, is still minus 300 the field at plus 195. Um, I felt like last week those odds were a little, little better for the field because I would just take the field. 
Literally every other player in the draft, it could be Drake May, it could be Jaden Daniels, it could be Marvin Harrison Jr. for all we know. But that's just, you know, keep an eye on that. As much as I said, keep an eye on Jokic for MVP because the odds were too good at the beginning of the season, keep an eye on that because uh, I got to tell you, uh, to pick one player out of all the players seems like a bad idea. Again, folks, make sure you get it on the app too because it's the easiest way to gamble on all your favorite sports. And there's a wide range of betting options on the app, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to kick off the NFL season, tip off the NBA season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. 21-plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first rep- deposit required. Bonus issued is knowledgeable bonus bits that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 100 gam one, two, three, four. We'll talk more about the in-season tournament coming up momentarily, but uh, Ev mentioned sort of in jest, but I, I think there's there's some truth to it, especially for Celtics fans. You know, how have we gone at that point in time, 20 minutes? How, how have we gone at, at, at any, whatever, however long we've been talking to you at this point? How have we gone this long without just, uh, you know, really going all Wayne's world, we're not worthy on Al Horford and what he is still doing at 47 years old or whatever he is out there, Greeny. Uh, I, I know, obviously, he is not a stat machine, and he really never has been in his career. The numbers, you know, obviously, in his younger days, his all-star days were better than they are now, as to be expected. The guy's pushing 40 in, in actuality. But it, it's what he does just on the floor as a role player as a dependable presence as a leader he does put up some numbers from time to time i mean he had a 15 rebound night the other night which has never been horford's game you know even in his prime years and so uh you know i i just think aside from the fact that he's shooting like crap from three he's having himself a a really really solid year for what the celtics are looking for from him uh what uh you know i i know you're someone who on on social media will fun all over uh al horford you know uh, yeah (laughs) i i don't know if that's uh, a thousand percent uh genuine or if it's partially in jest from time to time but uh what's impressed you most about how he's contributed uh, again at his uh advanced basketball years it's honestly i get more upset by the day that the celtics blew the last two years and didn't get that man a championship like we're at the point with what Al Horford is giving you at this age, with all the miles on him, with all the games he's played, it's like people like to fawn over what LeBron does and how impressive that is. That has nothing on what we're seeing Al Horford do. <laughs> with his team, right? Like, like everybody's like, oh, you're 21, LeBron. And so have you seen what Al Horford is doing? Come to have me with that. And then talk to me about you being impressed. I mean – what he does, I mean, it's partly because they played Philadelphia three times and he just like, he loads up on the HGH before he plays the Sixers just as extra motivation. But yeah. everything that you could want, and obviously over the last 10 games, his outside shooting has come around. He's at like, you know, mid 40s, 44% over his last 10. So the threes are back after that kind of scary run from you know, the last 10 games of the playoffs and then the first eight games this year. But his legs look good. His brain is great. His eyes are beautiful. The defense is great. 
It's like, it's hard to legitimately have a complaint over, I mean, maybe he falls asleep on some defensive rebounds late in the fourth quarter, like every once in a while, but on the whole, like I'm ready to give him another extension right this second. I don't need him to see, I don't need him to play another second of basketball to know he has at least five more years left in the tank if he wants it. But do you worry, and and this is not, specifically an Al Horford criticism. I would say this of any, how old is he actually? 37? I would say this of of, of any 37-year-old who plays a a decent workload that has all of those miles and years and games under his belt. Do you worry as the season goes along and the playoffs show up, provided obviously he's healthy and available, and hopefully he is, he needs to be. I I think he's a very important piece to this team, especially come playoff time and some of the matchups that they'll face. We've seen that in the past. Do you worry, though, that we're going to see what we saw last year, which was as the playoffs wore on and he got more tired, he disappeared. I mean, he was borderline, and I say this as a as an offensive presence, as a shooter, he was useless in the last round of that postseason. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not. there. There is a, a permanent list of worry that I have, right? Like, I'm always going to be worried about Porzingis' health. I'm always going to be worried about, you know, Tatum's wrist. Jalen's basketball brain, you know, Derek White not getting paid. Like, I'm always going to have worries. Al Horford's regression and sort of that falling off a cliff, any rational person will entertain that idea. I would say the best thing you can do to prevent that is stop messing around losing games at home in previous playoff rounds so you're playing three, four extra games, right? Like, get take care of your business so that you don't have to extend series. The best way to do that is to win at home. The Celtics lost multiple games at home in every round they played in, including three against the Heat. Like, you're asking for Al Horford to fall off a cliff when you're asking him to have more and more battles with Embiid, more and more games where he has to play 35 minutes. So I think up until the you know the middle of the uh, Sixers series, I felt like their load management plan worked or he was great against the the Hawks, right? Nothing really fell off a cliff until he had to keep going back up against some B time and time again. Well, if the Celtics don't drop two games at home that series, what was it? Game one or game two and game five or something like that. Like maybe he's better for the Miami series. So it is a worry, but I feel like it's one that you can prevent just by not playing stupid basketball. Yeah. And it feels like that, you know, with, the 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 cornet minutes and the Cata minutes, you know, they've been to various you know levels of success and failure. But you know, those are going to be important minutes to keep going here because you know Porzingis is going to come back and hopefully give Horford a little more of a rest so they can save his legs for the playoffs because he is really crucial to what they want to do. And the fact that they can still have all that spacing, whether Porzingis or Horford on the floor, it's going to be really valuable. You know, when we get to to you know the summer months for basketball, but you know Horford. It's unbelievable what he's what he's doing. I mean, he's still an effective player at 37. Is going to be a, a key cog on a team that's trying to win that the you know the NBA title here. It's pretty impressive and how he takes care of his body and how you know he you know is meticulous about his diet and his sleep regimen and all that stuff. Like all that's good, all that matters. And he's just been the constant professional. And it's been awesome to kind of watch him still succeed at a high level even this late into his career. It only helps the Hall of Fame case. He's going to make the Hall of Fame. Like I don't. It's the basketball Hall of Fame, so the the, the college stuff counts. Like it's there's no yeah, I mean, question. Like Greeny's getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know. But hey, look, <laughs> he, he's he's been outrageous. He's been 
one of the reasons why they've been able to, to keep everything afloat the past couple weeks, I mean, Derek White primarily. Um, again, at age 37, do that for the, the team with the best record in the East, that's pretty impressive because it's not happening a lot throughout the rest of the NBA, that's for sure. And I think you got to hope that this year's version, right, now he's, let's say, the sixth guy. Well, now this year's top five, you can hopefully sustain a postseason drought if he starts to struggle, right? Like now he was so important because he had to be on the floor as that, you know, space creating big because Rob just doesn't give you that. Well, now that guy can just be Porzingis. So I can still have all the things that Horford brought to the table in a seven foot three unicorn who you would hope would not be shooting 23%. If for whatever reason, Horford goes back under, you know, 30% from deep for, you know, 10, 11 playoff games. You don't need to, like, Joe was forced to have him out there because what else was he going to do? He couldn't really play Grant, you know, so they needed that big but still have the spacing. Now you hope, okay, Porzingis, the Drew Holiday offense, you know, the Derek White emergence, you're just better suited to, you know, withstand a potential drought. Ev, let's uh, talk about a new sponsor on this show. Happy to have them, obviously. And I want to tell you uh, all about uh, Factor, Factor Meals specifically. This holiday season, It's I can't believe it's December, truly. Like, if, if we went out earlier today and bought a tree. Uh, yeah, the Jew bought a tree. And it blows my mind that we are in December at this point in time. You might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service that, honestly, we could all use. Who has time to make a meal at this point in time? They can help you fuel, fuel up fast for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. Chef-prepared, uh, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door truly what could be better than that you will save time you will eat well you will stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all of your holiday to-dos and uh i don't know about you i can only assume uh you got a lot of to-dos i got a lot of to-dos i i assume we've all got the 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 lengthy to-do list it's not just a honey do list it's just a long to-do list it's a we give ourselves long to-do lists and it, it never ends why not just lighten the load at least a little bit. Skip the stress of meal prepping over the holidays with Factor. Choose from 35-plus weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, all delivered right to your door, ready to eat in only two minutes. Just two. Two minutes. That's it. If you're looking for calorie-conscious options over the holidays that also taste great, my goodness, try delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Head to Factormeals.com, that is Factormeals.com slash Celtics50. Use the code Celtics50 to get 50% off. That is code Celtics50 at Factormeals.com slash Celtics50 to get 50% off. If you didn't hear me, let me do that one more time. That is factormeals.com slash Celtics50. Again, the promo code Celtics50 to get 50% off. Uh, look, we're, we're all just, it, it's that time of the year. And you know what? Forget the holidays. Any time of year, I want something to make my life a little bit easier, a little bit more complicated, a little more streamlined, you know, healthy meals and, and prepared meals that I can throw together in two minutes that are good for me as well. Man, that's. 
That's the dream. That's what it's all about. That, that is the dream. That yeah, is the dream. I mean, right now, I, I totally agree with you, Kaufman. It's just my life is swamped at this minute. So if I could have dinner. It's not even prom season for you. Right now. <laughs> not going to lie. But, uh, uh, so I, I keep saying we're going to talk about the in-season tournament. We are. But I'm going to use that to put a bow on the show. What I want to do, I, I don't know that I would normally do this, even at the, again, roughly 25% mark of, of the season. But... I feel particularly compelled to do it with Greeny here, which is sort of just taking a glance at uh, at, at our, our former friends, right? Our our guys that are off elsewhere. Now, uh, I think uh, I don't I don't know if if everyone on their NBA league pass or whatever. If you're if you're watching the your your former favorites on a nightly basis, I know Greeny is whenever available, but maybe you're out there. You're not Rob Williams, obviously not someone you've seen a lot of that surgery. It was coming. Eventually, he was going to be shut down. He has been. He's not going to play again the rest of the year over there in Portland. But you still got three guys that are uh, doing their thing to some degree. And they're all sort of different stories. You know, Grant Williams in Dallas, uh, reunited with Kyrie Irving, God bless him, is uh, obviously he's starting for the Mavericks. Uh, the uh, he, He's been generally what he was here. You know, he's getting you 10 points a game. He's uh, woeful at the free throw line. The shooting percentage of the free throw line is way, way down. He's at like 60, 65%. But in terms of just his general shooting and three-point shooting, uh, he's right there. He's he's where he's been his throughout his career. The rebounds are a little down. He's not necessarily asked to be that guy there. Uh, so it's just kind of interesting watching him from afar. Uh, certainly, if, if you play daily fantasy as I do, he's a guy that you pencil into your lineups every once in a while because he can get you those buckets off the bench. Uh, Marcus Smart probably hates his life uh, with what is happening in, in Memphis. Uh, I mean, he was just lashing out at his teammates the other day on the bench. He's obviously hurt and unavailable. He's only played 11 games for the Grizzlies. They don't have John Morant back yet. So this team, a lot of people were really high on on the, uh, again, betting talk, the over for Memphis wins this year. And it's been a ugly, sluggish start for the Grizzlies. And Marcus, you know, he's he's been part of it. Uh, you know, you can decide how much of that you want to put on him Uh, he's he's back to a sub 30 percent three-point shooter i'm sure that you know is music to a lot of people's ears out there uh who are listening but generally everything else is pretty much in line with what he was here malcolm brogdon though i just want to bring up in in sort of the spirit of of vindication because we spent so much time in the offseason before he was traded when we thought he was going to be a celtic saying listen malcolm brogdon is not going to be what you saw last year. Last year was an aberration. If, you know, it doesn't mean he's going to be bad, but he's not going to be quite as good as you think he was. And you could look at it surface value and say, what, Goff, what are you talking about? He's averaging 18 points a game. Yeah, but he's also one of the better players on a, you know, cruddy team that he can, you know, play a, a starring and, and starting role uh, and and have something totally different asked of him, much like with some of his stops before he came to Boston. He could be that guy and give you 20 points per game. What I'm talking about is how he's shooting. He last year for Boston shot. Like, it's got to be like 44%, right? It's like something crazy. It would be nice if it was that good. Last year, 48.5%. This year, he is shooting 41 From three last year, which we said was never going to happen again. Total anomaly. 44.5%. This year, he's down at 38. Free throw percentage has dropped almost 10 points. He is not the same guy as he was last year. And Celtics fans, and this is not a Malcolm attack. This is a Malcolm the player attack. I, I think very highly of Malcolm the person. This is Malcolm the player. This is Malcolm's contract. 
We had this conversation, I don't know how many times, but now the evidence is here to which you can believe it if you doubted it. He's fallen off the cliff and he's he's not going to rebound. He's just not going to rebound. It's, it's not going to happen for him. Uh, I don't know why exactly, but the numbers don't lie. This is exactly what we anticipated. So I give you all of that lead in with these three guys to say, what have you thought of uh, how they have performed elsewhere? All right, we'll go. We'll go in order. First, my heart is just so sick for Rob. Like even even if in the back of your mind you're saying, okay, something was probably going to come up. I don't know if I was expecting season-ending surgery to come up. I was thinking maybe you know a sprained knee, miss a couple game, miss a couple weeks, whatever. So my it just sucks that. I mean, now it's at the point where you just never have to. You know, you can't ever be certain that he's not going to have catastrophic injuries moving forward. So that, that stinks with Marcus and with really with Brogdon. It's like, you really have to throw away everything that they're doing, given what's around them, right? Like you're reading off Brogdon's numbers. And while that is quote unquote, you know, that's the hard facts, there's context to be, you know, put around that, right? Like, the Blazers don't exactly have this insane spacing to where defenses can now really hone in on him as the only sort of scorer that that offense has. So I think it's it's it makes sense that there has been some natural regression. But I also think if this was the version that the Clippers knew that they were going to get, they probably would have gone through with that trade this summer, right? Their, their whole thing was he was a cooked product and wasn't even going to be able to play with right. that injury. Now it's like, yeah, he's shooting 38%. That's still pretty good. He's still an 18, 20 point, you know, per game scorer. So that's the frustrating part where it's like, well, damn, if they had known that this would have been the Brogdon they could have gotten, do they make that trade? And then now do you maybe have Porzingis and, you know, smart together? Who knows? But I just think it's, it's weird. It's still weird for my brain when I watch them and I see them in different jerseys and I see smart like cussing everybody out because his team is terrible on the sideline. Like you just know he hates his life. Unfortunately, I think, I think him and Rob are stuck. I think Brogdon's going to be flipped uh, at the deadline. So I don't think he's long for Portland. There's too many teams that, you know, he doesn't make outrageous money. He's an expiring. So you can at least use him as a, you know, as, as a rental, especially if you need, you know, guard play, um, Mm -hmm. I think someone will give like a late protected first for him and he'll go to somebody that, you know, he'll actually be able to make an impact. You ready for the Miami trade for Malcolm Brogdon to get him? That or some, you know, it's something like that. Like they're going to flip Lowry. Yeah, I can't wait like for that, that to happen. Yeah. A late, a late protected first. How protected? Like top 20? Yeah. Or like lottery protected or something. Yeah. I don't know. It, it depends on who it is. Um, or maybe like if, if that team has a, has a young asset that, you know, they, you know, can throw in. But my point is there's going to be someone, maybe it's, maybe it's the heat. It's, it's someone that has in between 18, like what if they, what if the Lakers trade, you know, D'Angelo Russell for Brogdon or something like that? Like they both make the same amount of money. I could see that happening, you know, given, you know, how everyone just can't wait to get rid of D'Angelo Russell. If they can't flip him to Chicago, who knows? So, I don't think I don't think Brogdon ends in Portland, but obviously no one's going to trade for you know an injured Rob, and I think Memphis actually wants to keep Smart, so they're just in a tough spot. 
Yeah, well, the, the thing is, if it allowed, it's the the departures of a lot of other guys have kind of really shine. Like Hauser's been unreal this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a little bit of a shooting slump, but like I still think they're all going in. Um, I really love what Peyton's done recently, and and Joe's been riding the Banton minutes a little bit, which I've been very very. I, I've I've been calling for. I I like him quite a bit. Um, he has. He's like Brogdon's play style without the three point shooting. Like he like just straight line drives to the basket. Uh, and then on the other end, he's just rebounding the hell out of the basketball. I love his activity on the defensive end, especially on the defensive glass. And I, I've really enjoyed watching him try and find a way onto this team in terms of more reliable minutes. I think, you know, Lamar Stevens at some point might get a shot too, but I, I, I like the experiment of Banton trying to figure out where he fits into this whole thing. I mean, he started the other day. It was wild. I couldn't even believe what I was watching. But it was it was effective. But it is, a, it is like very it. alarming how much of a lack of buckets there is once you get past Hauser. I mean, O'Shea Brissett can't score. Banton can't score. Lamar Stevens isn't, you know, maybe he'll hit a, an open spot up three, but, like, he's not generating his own offense. So, I but do worry that, like, is there any surprise in that? Like, didn't, as soon as this roster was constructed and opening date, you know, like media day got here, weren't we all saying that? Like, right. you know, and that's the fear. More, you know, depth is a concern. They're more top heavy than they've ever been. It wasn't even a criticism. It was just an observation that this is, this is who they are now. Right. And that was the fear, right? If you remember back to the, to the 22 finals when Peyton Pritchard was the primary guard and they had White. The biggest thing was the bench unit still needed shot creation. That's why Brad Stevens traded for Malcolm Brogdon, because he can generate his own offense. Mm-hmm. They now no longer have that. So they've recovered with the grant minutes. I think Hauser's done more. You know, he's a solid defensively. He's just as good a shooter. You're not missing anything there. What we're going to learn is in the playoff series, can Peyton Pritchard generate his own offense? I don't know. He hasn't done it yet. And if they don't have someone on that unit that can, when you need them to go get you a bucket that isn't Tatum, Brown, or White, what do they look like? Like, that was why they went out and got a player like Brogdon. So is there someone out there that has a mid-level salary that you could slide in with that, you know, grant TPE that makes under $6 million that you feel can do that? Maybe. Is there a bigger package deal where someone gets maybe bought out, who knows? But, like, I don't know. That's still an issue that's going to rear itself in a playoff series when Tatum and Brown is off the floor. All right, let's talk uh, before we wrap up here, <laughs> as as promised, about the in-season tournament just a little bit more and and what is ahead. Because, you know, the, the, uh, the very casual Celtics fan who has not paid any attention to this thing and is, you know, swept up with football and all of it, maybe looking at it and saying – all right, so the Celtics play in Indiana on Monday, and then, holy crap, they don't play again for eight days? What in the – no, not the case. Uh, there there are games before that uh, back-to-back back at the Garden against the Cavaliers, uh, followed by two uh, with the Magic, by the way. So it's four games, two teams on the uh, – well, a little over a week from now at this point in time. 12th and 14th with Cleveland, 15th and 17th with Orlando. Celtics have a nice home stretch, obviously, coming up here. But the in-season tournament – so – uh, quarterfinal round on this game in Indiana is the first with the objective to advance to the final four and go to Vegas, presuming that the Celtics win and don't need to have another, you know, set of games scheduled for them to fill the time like is happening for 20 plus teams in the NBA. Uh, these two teams uh, obviously will play and then the Celtics, let's just say they win 
will play on Thursday night against either the Knicks or Bucks in the in-season tournament semifinals that is in Las Vegas, uh, either 5 o'clock or 9 o'clock Eastern time remains to be seen. Uh, five would be a little bit of a bummer. That's, you know, just early in the day in the work day. Like, let's, let's, let's get it under the lights. So Especially to speak. if it's Boston, Milwaukee, like, yeah, I mean, let's, yeah, let's save that, save that for prime time. Uh, and then the championship, if the Celtics get there also in Las Vegas will be Saturday night. So six days from now, as we record Saturday night, eight 30 start. That is the featured in season tournament title game. I don't know what kind of trophy exactly is is on the line and who it's named after. I've not I've not uh, studied up on these details because I don't care. But they will play either the Lakers, Suns, Kings, or Pelicans, depending on how that half of the bracket works itself out. So, Greeny, I'm talking about all of this as though it's going to happen, and it can happen simply by winning the next two games. Celtics certainly are capable of beating the Pacers, Bucks, and or Knicks. So. What are your expectations here for how this in-season tournament shakes out? Well, I get to cash my plus 3,400 ticket. Well, I think the first thing is, does Tyrese Halliburton play tomorrow night? Right? He he didn't play the other night. He was sick like every other star in the league right now. So if he doesn't play, I think they're a lock for Vegas. If he does play, they can lose to the Pacers with Tyrese Halliburton. I've seen it. right? Like Tyrese yeah. Halliburton destroys this team. So – my expectation is that they can win, but not if they play like how they did against the Sixers. That you're going to get blown out by. I mean, the the Pacers' offense is legitimately no joke. They can score. They're going to give up 150, but they can give you 160. So um, that should be a shootout. I think, and I mean, tinfoil hat. You got to think that Adam Silver wants Celtics, Milwaukee, and then Celtics, Lakers. I mean, what do we? What are we talking about? That's like, that's like, he probably has like a boner just thinking about that. So <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. Um, but I, I still care more about these games for what it means for their regular season record than what it means for them in this potential tournament run. Like, I don't like if they lose, I'm going to be pissed because they lost, not, Oh man, we're not going to win or advance in the tournament. So. That's still what I think the league has to figure out is figure out a way for me to be upset that they're not going to win the NBA cup and not that they just lost a regular season game. But I do think you're going to see everyone play hard. You're going to see the games be entertaining just like they have been thus far. But I just, you know, I don't want them going crazy. And now that point differential isn't a thing. Like you don't need to be running Al Horford for 40 minutes to win the ISC, right? Like, you can just treat it like any other regular season game. And then, Lord and behold, if they win it, I certainly do not want them hanging a, a banner in the rafters. Like, that's that's still, like, that's my question. What happens if they win? Is the league going to make everybody drop a banner for it? Can they no. put this I mean, trophy? I, I think some franchises would, but not not the same. Right. Like, can they, can they put this trophy in an entirely different trophy case than where the Larry O'Briens are? Like, I'm down to give it meaning and to care about it, but I do yeah, not like, put want that trophy to... next to like, you know, the, the Larry bird three point shooting contest trophy. Yeah. Like I would consider this like not even as, as like big of a deal as the Eastern conference finals trophy. Right. So like, yeah, sure. Right. It means something, but you know, if the Boston Celtics 
are dropping a band. Like, if this is the Banner 18, I'm going to, like, jump off a bridge. I think I'd be out. <laughs> that is, like, that, I'm going to jump off the Zacom. Like, that is not. I, I think I'd be out as a Celtics there. fan. Yeah, yeah we're, we're not doing on. that. It's cool. it's cool if they win I'm it. like Seth. I'm cheering for the Nuggets. I am not doing that. And I do not want them to do that. Um, but that's just me. Yeah. No, I mean, there's no. Well, I I say this not knowing. I I just hope it to be the case. I'm I'm speaking it into existence. There are no rings to come from this thing. There's no champagne celebration in the locker room after you. Oh no, there will be. Oh, they're definitely going to be going. Yeah, there definitely will be all that. Well, so well. All right. Well, let's play this out for anybody. Not never mind the Celtics at this point in time. All right, so you win to sit. You know what? I'm already, I'm, I'm already going back on what I said because, well, not about the rings and the banner. I hope, <laughs> but December 9th, it's a Saturday night, and regardless, win or lose, the Celtics don't play again at that point in time until Tuesday the 12th back in Boston. You know, yeah, like, and you're already in Vegas. <laughs> guys are getting ripped. Oh yeah. Guys are I'm going. Gonna, you know what? You might want to talk that game on Tuesday up to an L if they win this thing. I would <laughs> take the other team. Yeah, guys are going out. If whichever team, I mean, maybe even the losing team, whichever teams play Saturday night in Vegas, are going out and getting annihilated after that thing. For sure. Yeah, but you know, I don't think it's you know they're not going to be queuing the the duck. They're not going to shut down the city on Monday for a for an in season tournament parade or anything like that. How many that, people but, would be at that parade? Seven. Yeah, I mean, I would be there. I wouldn't mind. Yeah. I would. Be there. I mean, parades are thing. Like two two hundred people on their lunch break. Yeah, but. I mean, I think they'll celebrate. They'll meet at center court and raise the title or the trophy, whatever that is. Well, sure, that's that's something very different than like a full-on champagne bath like you see after a title. I bet you they're going to tape off the locker rooms. I bet you. That's so stupid. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think it's so dumb. It would be – see, I almost want it for like the visual of like they taped it all off. And then everyone's like Jokic after the finals, and they're like barely celebrating. He's like, "All right, this is cool. Like, yeah. we're done here." <laughs> that, was... that dude won the trophy. He won right. the <laughs> trophy. He was like, "When, when can I go home?" <laughs> right. But but I think they'll care. But as soon as Sunday rolls around, like that's it. We're on to just the next regular season, you know, matchup. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I know you're not coughing, but you know, try to live a little bit. I know, just uh, yeah, embrace I, it. Just embrace I, the fun. I guess I need to. I guess I need to. All right. Well, if you want to be a pessimist? You could say, "Hey, this might be the only title the Celtics could ever win." So, you no, know. I'm not. I'm not going to be that guy either. I, st- I, I believe in what is to come in June. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to will that into existence right along with the two of you and everybody out there listening who you know believes in this team and. And wants uh wants Brad to get his due as an executive and Joe as a coach and Tatum and Brown that it can yes, it can work. It can actually work, guys. They can win a title together. Even if you split them up after this year, at least they'll have their one. Yeah. Well, I hope you don't but, do that either. Well, no, of course. But, uh, <laughs> heaven forbid. But no, I just don't care about the in season tournament. But I've made that abundantly clear in the history of the show. And uh, you know, I maybe I at some point in time I'll change my tune. Well, I was going to say, what would it take for you to care? I like if they changed the stakes, if it was something other than 500 grand, if it was like, you know, a lottery pick or a guaranteed playoff spot or something more meaningful for the, well, guaranteed playoff spot you couldn't do, but something, I mean, that's, that would just be ridiculous, but 
but like something more meaningful for the organization. Like I, I don't care about guys getting <laughs> 500 grand in their pockets. You know, that's, that doesn't do anything for me, but if they, you know, if, if we're talking about something like a, 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 a built-in lottery pick in, in the way that the NFL has added, you know, draft picks as trade compensation after the, or signing compensation, that type of thing, then maybe, uh, but I don't know. I mean, listen, you're see, like, I'll, I'll say to you what, what you said to me earlier, like you're asking the wrong guy because I'm, I'm still not bought in on, on the, you know, the, the play in rounds and, and, you know, going beyond just your top eight and now the nine and 10, like I, you know, I, I didn't think that was necessary. And obviously it's worked out, you know, everybody seems to like it. It's, you know, it's, it's driven ratings and, and the league is all about it and all that. I just, I guess in, in, in the case of the IST, if I'm going to care and I say like me or anybody else who's, who's on the fence or downright doesn't care, if I'm going to care, I need more buy-in from the players. I need them to care more. And I, I don't feel like universally that's there yet. Well, I think now you're really going to see it. Cause now we're in like the winter go home. Sure. Um, I don't, sometimes I, I don't know if I feel like I saw it on my timeline once, but I feel like it would be cool if, you know, the winner of this tournament, all the players get the money. But what if the team got like a $10 million trade exemption that they had to use by the trade deadline or by, you know, the next year? So now you're thinking, okay, not only do the Celtics win, but now they can add a player up to $10 million because – you know, sort of like when you win, and ownership won't be penalized for it. It doesn't. Yeah, go like it's just an additional. It's yeah. an additional tool that you can use to build your roster for the second half, knowing that this thing wraps up well before the trade deadline. That could be kind of cool. Where it's like, damn, now we're thinking outside the box. Add, yeah, like an impact player, and I want I want everyone to try during this tournament because. You know, God forbid someone gets bought out. You can use a portion of that or you can find, let's say you need a shooter and you don't have your luxury tax team. Well, now here's a free $10 million to go find that player for your playoff run. I think that could be pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's, it's completely apples to oranges what I'm about to say, but since Adam Silver, you know, brought this idea as, you know, inspired by soccer, um, Hmm. you know, I, to your point, like, give me something, not me, but the, like, teams, like, give me something that's, that's more significant to play for, like what you're talking about. That is, that is a significant prize that teams could use as a motivator to help get them over the hump, obviously, as they chase the real championship, the Larry O'Brien, something that matters, you know, like, maybe this is just me, like, binging Welcome to Wrexham, and again, not the same thing, but, I mean, watching teams that, that are fighting like hell, you know, scratching and clawing and bleeding to win their leagues so they can be promoted to yet another league, you know, fighting off against relegation, things like, you know, things that obviously the NBA and and American sports will never be, but it's such a cool concept. Like, you know, how great, like we, I'm the millionth person to make this reference, but like the 100 lost Baltimore Orioles when they were perennial in perennially in the toilet, like, like sorry guys you lost 100 games this year you're next year you're playing in triple a like yeah. how, i mean that like that's fun i mean it's, it, it will never work that way here but that's fun it's that's cool that's a cool concept so yeah let's make it matter more i think we'll get there i mean this is just the first year i mean 10 years from now we all could really care about it and it could have huge stakes i just think it's 
whenever you introduce new things like the play-in, had a lot of pushback, now we're two, three years into it, it's great. I mean, I know you don't like it, but it's awesome. So it's it's one of those things where the the more times you go through it and maybe there are some, you know, rivalry moments in Vegas, maybe, you know, players start to look at it like All-Star Weekend where it's now like a status thing where people want to be there. So it's early and maybe that's the, you know, glass half full way to look at it. But again, I'm going to watch just because it's basketball anyways. So, you know, Adam Silver already has me addicted. So <laughs> you have any parting thoughts before we go? Love Al Horford. Love nice. Al Horford. Yeah. Well, hey, yep. I mean, hope he has a great, great day tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I hope the Celtics in general have a great, great day tomorrow. Again, in-season tournament, quarterfinal round. Uh, you might be listening to this on a Monday morning on your drive to work. So gear up. You got a big basketball game tonight. Celtics Pacers in Indiana need to win this one to get out to Vegas for a game on Thursday against either the Bucks or the Knicks. Now, I'll tell you the one fun thing about this. I feel like I'm like previewing a, a playoff series. That's yes, that, that, that that in December is a good time. For Evan Valenti, for uh, Barstool Greeny, Dan Greenberg, Dan, always appreciate your time uh, here with us for FanDuel, for Factor Meals. Thank you all, obviously, out there listening. Uh, rate, review, most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. We will talk to you again uh, after, hopefully, the Celtics have celebrated in Vegas. Maybe, just maybe, if they get there, if they have a game Saturday night, we will uh, do a show even before that to preview it. That's that's how much we care, at least about all of you, if not the in-season tournament itself. We'll talk to you again soon. Oh, yeah.